The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello. <laughs> I'm taking it easy these days. I don't. I don't want to blow the speaker. I like it a little bit louder, better. Let's try it again. Hello. That's better. I like that. that Welcome to blew the speakers. That wasn't too bad, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll check it and play back. Yeah. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show, everybody, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, before we get started, we want to uh, say hey to everybody in the chat room. What's up? CamPettigrew.com. We got Z Padilla. Is, I don't know if Dean Girl's in there yet. I don't think She's so. She's coming. Who else we got? And Rebel. Oh, hey, Rebel. What's up? And we have a lot of guests, which uh, if you want to join the chat room, too, it's in the lower bottom right-hand corner of your screen. And if you're logged in, guest you can uh, click on sign in and you can use Facebook and Twitter to sign in and then it'll show your name. There you go. So before we get started, let me introduce my cool co-host starting off with the diva of Cool Drew Aubrey. Hey, cool people. <laughs> we got and the, panting dogs everywhere. Yes. We, got, we, got the, we got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. What up, Jimmy Star listeners? And, uh, and Dean Girl just tweeted, Jimmy Star Show now tune in. So what's up, Dean Girl? <laughs> Which is Audrey, by the way, from France. And uh, we got a great show for you guys today. We also want to tell everybody they can hit the ITV button. You can see us waving, shooting birds. There you go. Good boy, Chad. <laughs> Good boy. Down boy. <laughs> and uh, we got a great show for you. We're going to have a, a very well-known and renowned composer, Alan Howarth, coming on the show. Then we've got comedian Steve Lemmy. And we've got Tim's movie director and actor, Tim Sullivan and Vito Trabuco from Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Which we watched last night, which was very fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Very campy, lots of fun. And uh, before we get going, too, we want to uh, give a shout-out to W4CY's own Michaela Page. Michaela. Anybody watching The Voice last uh, Monday night? Was it Monday night? Yeah, it was Monday night. Anybody watching The Voice Monday night, she became a member of Team Blake. And uh, she has a cool radio show here at W4CY. And uh, now she's on Team Blake, and she's on The Voice, and she's awesome. And Moving she had a up. mohawk. And she had Which a cool mohawk, cool. yeah. So Team Blake, baby. So now, whether we like Team Blake or not, we're rooting for Team Blake. Which he got a couple really good ones last night. Actually, because that one girl, um, who actually we know that one girl. Yeah, Carly Pope. Or you whatever. remember her? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, what was the name of her band again? Uh, I forgot. Red Roses or something? Say, she opened up for... I don't know, but we saw them in concert. She used to open up for Fallout Boy. Yeah, she used to open like up that. for Fallout Boy. And she was awesome. And as soon as I saw her, I was like, I know that girl. <laughs> Which she should have gone on Adam's team. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. 
But but Blake got her. Yeah, so so that was really good for Blake. Blake got one of the cool ones, and Blake's got Michaela, so Blake's got it rocking and rolling, baby. Yeah. And other than that, like Adam, Adam's got a good team. I, I think Adam's got a good team. So we'll see. But everybody needs to be tuning into The Voice now because we got to all root, and when it's time to vote, vote for McCabe Page because we want, we want her to win The Voice. I always think, like, Christina is my favorite coach, I would say. Uh, maybe because, like, I just totally grew up with Christina Aguilera. But I also think she gives, like, a lot of really good feedback. But she always goes for, like, her style of singer. She never varies from that. So her team's kind of, like, um, just solid vocalists they the got whole that way cute through. Guy, though. They got that really cute guy who was a quarterback. I don't know his name. But I think anyway. I missed that one. Oh, he was good. But Adam's got, like, the dudes, though. Adam's got, like, the, like, cool... I think Adam's got the team. I like Adam. It's so funny because like, I don't even like Maroon 5. Yeah. I don't yeah. even like Maroon 5, but since Adam's on the show, now all of a sudden I like like him. But you know what Blake is really good at is he's good at picking out young women artists that have unique voices. Which he does every time, and they all do really well on the charts afterwards. Yeah, that are going to be niche. So there we go, Michaela Page. Yeah, which I think it's like really, really cool. Yes, and W4CY, yay, our That's fellow right. radio host on The go. Voice. It's so cool. I'm digging it. I, I hope they come awesome. here when we're here and do some like background filming with her <laughs> so we can be on The Voice. There you go. And hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hey, Jimmy. Alan Howard here. How you doing? Hey, bud. Great to be on your show today. This is a great opportunity to have some fun. Absolutely. Before we get started, I want to introduce you to my co-host, starting off with the diva of cool, Drew Albright. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a great having a gang here. You guys can definitely pepper me with questions and try to confuse me. There you go. Then we got That's the, our aim. That's our aim is to confuse <laughs> you. And then We're we just got, kidding. We've got the Mr. Chad Murphy. Alan, welcome to the show. Hey, Chad. Thanks for uh, your welcome. I'm looking forward to a great time here. Absolutely. And, and also, then, before we get started, we want you to give a shout-out to all the people in the chat room. There's lots of them in there. Hey, boys and girls. Uh, Alan here. We're going to have some fun and uh, looking forward to a happy Halloween coming up, huh? There you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Halloween. Actually, people who listen to the Jimmy Star Show dig Halloween because we're, like, such horror fanatics that, that it works. And since you're, like, a horror icon, it, like, totally, like, goes together, dude. You're rocking and rolling. Cool, man. So, so you're. Um, I, I want to like go through some clarities first before we like actually get going, and that is because you're like I went on your IMDb and you're a, an American composer and, and you do composing for lots of films, but it also says sound designer, and I bet you that a lot of people don't know the difference and and how how is that? A, what is the difference between that? Explain to people so that way they would understand as we're talking along. Well, the the concept of being a sound designer has to do with the other part of a film soundtrack, not the music. So think of a a little fence between the two pieces here. So you either are in the sound department and you're a sound designer, and the sound designer role initially was more of a a creative position, but now people use the word sound design to also mean sound effects and all kinds of other stuff. And in all those movies I did in the 80s, like Star Trek and Raiders and Hunt for Red October and all that stuff, I was actually more of a sound specialist, more like a, a visual visual effects. Like ILM is is for visual special visual effects. I was special sound effects, really. So, like for for Star Trek, I would do the Starship Enterprise and the transporter and the monsters and the lasers. Or like for Hunt for Red October, I would make the sound of the 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 nuclear submarines and the sonars and 
and bits and pieces like that, and then turn them over to a supervising sound editor, which is sort of like the boss of the whole job. And they deal with all kinds of stuff besides sound effects. They got all the, the recording of the dialogue of all the actors. There's a whole pass on things called Foley, which is another another sound effects. That's all the movement that people make, you know, the footsteps and the, the cloth movement and, and the props when they grab a gun and all this other stuff. And then also getting that out to a final minute. Uh-oh. Was he still there? He's like, just, he's doing on the... <laughs> <laughs> that was the late on his end. You can hear us. We lost you for a second, Alan. Yeah, we don't know if we can hear you, but like, are you still there? Is he still there or no, Chad? Looks like it. Looks like you're still there, Alan. If you can hear us, maybe even call back or something. Here. Oh, there uh, he goes. Now no, we no. Yeah, all right, all right. So that was like I got a little mute button on my headset here, and I, I think I, I accept that, That's okay. We we told everybody that you were doing sound effects for us. <laughs> it was the importance yeah. of sound in radio. Uh, <laughs> a I, demonstration. Actually, actually, that that was an example of the definition of music. <laughs> <laughs> that was because, awesome. Because <laughs> one of the definitions of music is the alternation of sound and silence. Okay, there you go. So that that being what it is, way to save uh, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I think, <coughs> gosh, that was terrible. I just coughed. Um, so excuse me, but I think it's I think it's like really really cool because I think you're you might be in our two and a half year uh, of being on the on the Jimmy Stowe show on the airwaves. I don't know that we've actually had people. Uh, who do composing music really? We have a lot of people who have songs that are on soundtracks, you know, because that's kind of more common, and and uh, a lot of like rock bands when they're on like different kind of soundtracks and stuff. But everybody who really makes the theme of the music, who gets you like the music that creeps you all out and like scares you and and all of that. So I think it's like really cool to have you on here, and the fact that you know you're such a horror icon and you've worked with John Carpenter and. Even like the cruddy horror movies that you've done that scared me to death, like The Dentist, like that movie scares the crap out of me. <laughs> he well, talks about true. that it, a lot. That, pushes a, that movie pushes a certain personal button that we all have a fear of the dentist. You know, when I did that one, I actually went to my dentist and I said, I'm doing this movie, The Dentist. I need to make all these drill sounds. And the guy was cool enough to let me go play around in the dental room, grinding things up and taking little drills and making them work. So I had all the real stuff to play with. That's so so that, cool. I, again, that, that was one of those jobs where I was both the composer, and then because I, the the director Brian Newsom knew I, I had to do a lot of sound effects, I I also contributed uh, all the horrible drill sounds that happen uh, in the various scenes as we go into their mouth and fool with them. I think too, when you're watching a movie, I think really sound is one of the things. I mean, you could maybe say this about everything, all the aspects of a movie, but for me. Sound can really make or break a movie. And, like, when you're talking about sound design, like, coming up with the the character sound of, like, the Star Trek Enterprise, you know, that, like, makes or breaks the whole visual art of it as well. And so it's like those things have to go together um, and work together. And if they don't, it blows everything. Uh, Agreed. You know, and we're all so conscious of sound because of our music and our iPods and we listen to music our whole lives that it, it, it a good sound job on a movie is one you never notice but the reason you didn't notice it because it was really good you'll notice it when it was bad yes yes but it, it'll just it'll just take you on the ride for the show you know it's like there's a great quote by Steven Spielberg he says sound is half the movie 
And actually, in some ways, that's correct. Although budget-wise, sounds probably about 10% of what a movie costs, but half of what you experience when you're watching the final product. So I, I think that's all valid. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think, too, they say that about visual effects, too. The best visual effects are the ones, you know, you don't necessarily notice because it it flows well. It's not it's part of the story. It's not detracting from the story. Exactly. I think that's freaking awesome. So do you have like a favorite movie? We're going to talk about Brutal in a little bit, in a minute. But I want to kind of like go career-wise a little bit. Like out of all the different movies, do you have like one or two that, that are like stand out as like these were like the most fun to work at or the most unusual or the most difficult or anything like that? Do you have any favorites? Well, certainly all the Star Treks was a lot of fun because, you know, that's Star Trek. And I'm, I'm a Trek head and it was all, it was all great to be part of the, uh, the general Star Trek crew. Uh, certainly sound design wise, a uh, couple that were really a lot of fun was the little mermaid. I had a lot of fun on that one. Ooh, oh, that's cute. That is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> right. With I, cartoons. I was on board to make all the, all the, all the sound effects for what it was sounded like to be underwater. Cause all the, half the movies underwater. So you need all these underwater ambiences. And then we had Ursula, the evil witch. So I did all the evil witch stuff. That's cool. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun. You know, it's like, uh, Golly, what year this is? It's like 1984 or 5. I'm trying to remember now when we did this. Or, no, it had to be later than that. But, uh, you know, I had I, my two kids, uh, Ashton and Marin, were like 5 and 2. And I remember taking them to go see a movie that Daddy worked on. And they enjoyed the movie, and that was all a lot of fun. But then at the end, the the the, uh, the credits are rolling, right? And, and I go, oh, there's Daddy's name right there. And it occurs to me that of all the movies I've ever worked on, this is like having your name in the Bible. This movie will <laughs> never go away. Yes. Because it's The Little Mermaid. It, it, it transcends all time and space, and it'll just be forever. So that was, that was kind of a cool feeling. Cool. Yeah, I, they'll be like introducing 100-year anniversary, like redone versions of The Little Mermaid in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and everybody knows me as a horror guy and a sci-fi guy, but that was... That was uh, you know, that's one of the other uh, other aspects. You know, you get pigeonholed just because what people know you about. But, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty regular guy. I have a dark side and I also have a light side. So all that stuff's good. In part of your life side, we're going to introduce you to our, our traveling L.A. correspondent who just called in. His name's Thomas Churchill. Churchill, what's up? How are you doing? Good. This is Alan Howarth on the phone. Say hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, Churchill, man. Where, where, you, in, you in the car? No, I'm actually uh, just pulled in to grab something to eat. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, this, see, being a sound guy, I heard the background kick in from your voice, so I know I knew you were someplace other than a room that was quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normally, I'm calling from a studio, but uh, today, today I'm bouncing back around. So, the, so Churchill is our cool cat of Good. film. Yeah, too. Churchill's our cool cat of film. He's a movie director. He uh, does a lot of cool films. And uh, he, he comes in and kind of like uh, participates every week on different cool stuff that we got going on. And, and, and uh, so, so, so I, I don't, uh, do you know who Alan is? He's the composer for lots of John Carpenter films. He's the sound designer. Actually, he's just a badass dude. And he did the soundtrack for Brutal, which yes. is going to be like the classic, sh- classic horror movie. Everybody needs to see it. It's going to be available for everybody soon. We're still working all of it out. And, and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, like, how did you get involved with Brutal, Alan? Well, the guy who created Brutal, a fellow named Michael Patrick Stevens, came to me about three years ago uh, with his dad. 
and said, Alan, I love your stuff. Would you ever consider working on one of my movies? And he hadn't made one yet. But I liked him. He was a, he was a really nice guy, and he had great ideas. I loved his ideas. Uh, and he's got some other movies uh, just waiting to be made. Uh, you know, we need funding and stuff like that. But Brutal became the project that he made that could be done as cheap as you could make it and still make a good show. And he got uh, uh, Michael A. Mark Baldwin to, to jump on board and myself as the two sort of seasoned guys and everything. Everybody else was, was you know, first-time filmmakers or et cetera. But Michael wrote it, he directed it, and he stars in it. So you talk about, you know, filling the whole till here. He, he did the whole nine yards. Well, the interesting thing is, like, this movie, I think, is going to be go down as a groundbreaking horror movie because it's got everything you could possibly want out of a saw or a hostel. But at the same time, by the time you get to the end, it's socially relevant and it's not, it's not gratuitous violence. It actually all kind of comes together and goes, holy shit, is that one? Oh my God. And so it's got a twist ending and it's just done really well. Uh, I remember when he, he, he shot the movie, you know, like any, any filmmaker, he wanted to be better. He wanted this and he expected to get that shot and et cetera, et cetera. So I had to talk him through the first round of editing. And I said, Michael, don't get that upset about that. You didn't get this or that or this. Or that. We're going to make the movie out of what you got. Well, then we did a couple of passes on it, and I had my input. And so finally, I, I got the movie turned over to me for the music. And he was still all upset because he's so involved. I mean, it's, it's his baby, so how can he let it go? And and so I sat down and, and fairly quickly came up with the themes and scored the movie for him. And, and a couple of weeks later, gave him the movie and it back with the soundtrack. And I said, Michael, you have to sit down and forget that you're Michael be somebody in the audience watching your own movie now that I put the soundtrack to it. Well, he did that and called me the next, May, next morning. He says, Alan, you saved my movie. And I said, no, I didn't save your movie. I just gave you the part that was missing, man. This is, this is what's happening. So, so the music score really takes you on the roller coaster ride that he intended as a writer, director, actor, producer character. And so the, it gelled. Back to just what we talked about, 50% of the show is the sound. So until I put the music and, and the sound effects to it, it was missing something. But once I put that in there, it smoothed over all the rough edges. You go for the ride, and we fooled with the edit a little bit. But nonetheless, everybody who removes this movie get, reviews them, it gives it five stars. So yes. it's groundbreaking. It won Best Original Movie at, at Crypticon. Crypticon. Uh, yeah, sure. there's going to be a big article at Rue Morgue uh, next month uh, recognizing we showed it up in Toronto when I was up there last month. And Michael came up and we screened it. I mean, uh, uh, this would be funny, but for stats on the movie, when he cr we screened it at Crypticon, we had six people walk out and one girl throw up. <laughs> That's a That's good review. Good yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I was actually at Crypticon representing the movie with Michael, and uh, it was a lot of fun to go there and see everybody's reaction and talk with everybody. And Michael Baldwin was there. Um, it was awesome. And uh, all the reviews have been really good. And I actually, for anybody watching us on ITV, I have a copy of the soundtrack. Um, and the soundtrack's actually available at MyNameIsBrutal.com. And it's also, I think, available on your website, isn't it, Alan? Yes, it is. I just put that up on AlanHoworth.com, uh, which, uh, which is my website. And there's a web store. And, and Brutal's there, as well as all the John Carpenter scores. Uh, there's special uh, anniversary editions, expanded stuff, and I sign everything that they buy for me, so they all come autographed. There you go. That's a cool. That's a plus. That's cool. 
Yeah, ours That's doesn't awesome. have your autograph on it. Yeah, hmm. Ours doesn't have an autograph. We'll have to wor- work on that one. But what we're going to do, what I want to do is I want to play uh, uh, one of the shorts. Uh, uh, first of all, everybody, because we, we've actually had Michael Baldwin on the show. And in October, we're actually having a brutal cast show where everybody everybody in the movie is going to come on and oh, cool. uh, and just talk about it. It'll be a lot of fun. But we're just going to play one of the short songs for people to get a kind of like idea. And what we're going to play is Wheel of Torture because that's one of my favorite parts. Um, in the whole thing. So we're going to play it. It's a short song. We're going to let everybody uh, hear it a little bit, and then when we come back, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Cool. There you go, baby. That's Wheel of Torture. Everybody is going to love this movie when they're a- actually able to see it. Um, it is doing some other film festival screenings. Alan, congratulations too, like, because that is so creepy. Thanks, man. You know, I, I, you know the, the great thing about working with Michael was that he just left me alone. So uh, that was a big deal to just let me do my thing and come back later. A lot of times people think they're going to have to sit with me and hold my hand through this thing. Uh, and... Uh, you know, they don't have to. I, I've done this before. <laughs> a few times. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so so we want to tell everybody again, they can check out your website. It's Alan Ho. How do you pronounce your last name? 
Howarth, like Howard was T H on the Okay, Howarth. Okay, so because I don't, I hate it when I pronounce people's names wrong on the radio. And That's all right. No, this no, way, it's, it's, it's good. To, good to ask. Thank you for asking. Uh, so, Alan Howarth dot com. Uh, what's even worse is I ask somebody their name and then I still say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's a matter of repetition. Let's do it again. My last name is Howarth. Howarth. Alan Howarth dot com, and Alan only has one L, everybody. So it's A L A N H O W A R T H dot com. To find out more about the film, too, you can go to my name is brutal dot com, and we want you to follow us on Twitter at at my name is brutal. There we go. Cool. I like that. And uh, how come you're not on Twitter, dude? We got to get you on Twitter. Actually, I am. My Twitter is soundlord one. Oh, oh, that's a good Twitter. <laughs> Write that down so we can find. You are a sound lord. Okay. Oh, that's there so cool. Go. So, like, I'll start following you, and then uh, I'll retweet your stuff because, like, I love, I love, I love Twitter. I'm like a Twitterati junkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of one of my trick names is Soundlord. I use that a lot because uh, I, I kept trying to think of what would be the. I wanted to be Sound God, but that didn't work for me, so I had to tone it down a little bit. So, uh, Soundlord was was appropriate. That way, it's like the. The landlord, you know, the keeper of the sound, the sound, the sound lord, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Totally works for me. Although we do call ourselves radio gods, so we, we kind of <laughs> go full force. You could go either way, Alan. <laughs> well, I, my, my daughter gave me a hard time. She's 25, and she says, Dad, you can't be sound god. Come on. So, I, so she's the one who talked me into it. Or talked you out of it. One of the things <laughs> in, in your credits that I thought was really cool was you worked with um, Francis Ford Coppola on freaking Dracula, which is one of my favorite films of all time. You know, that there's a great story on Dracula. Um, first time I got to meet Francis, we actually went up to, uh, to Zoetrope, which was a, a building that he had set up in San Francisco. And you go up into Francis's office and you know, we got him in a, on a day when he was in a really good mood because Francis has mood swings. There's some, he's had good days and bad days, but we got there on a good day. And he's got this little rotundi round table in, in the front part of his office at the top floor looking over San Francisco Street. And in the ceiling, it, it's literally a rotundi. It's a round thing. There's a round ceiling like a dome. And the whole history of Francis Ford Coppola is painted there. You see Apocalypse and Godfather. It's all painted. And then he's got seven Academy Awards sitting over here. And in the corner is his trombone. And you realize, oh, he's a musician. So we start the conversation on the music thing. And he pulls in, he was like a big, big bear hug and very warm and just a great guy. And then uh, we went off to do the sound effects for, for Dracula back down in Sony. So, so, you know, didn't really run into him past that first meeting. But uh, when I came on board the Dracula movie, it was in cut version 117. Wow. Wow. And, and, and the running joke amongst the crew was that we knew picture was locked when the movie was at 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> because he continually take a frame out here and two frames there and put this back. And, you know, and it was a big project. I'm not being critical, but you know, it, there was no, no restriction. The guy was completely un, unbounded by changing it until it was right. And he did that. And that's, that's part of his process. But uh, yeah, for the Dracula movie, I made a lot of the Dracula effects you know, like uh, when he's floating and the, and the, the, the haunted house and the breath and, the, uh, you know, uh, there you was, know, there was a whole yeah. ride up to the castle. Remember where the, the flames came in the doorway and there was a big gate and the wolves and, you know, everything to create an, uh, this creepy atmosphere. And we actually got an Academy Award that year for the best sound effects, too. There oh, my go. gosh. One thing that, like, always has stood out to me because I've seen it probably 
60 plus times is uh is all those breath like eerie breath sound effects and i know he did like a lot of chiaroscuro and kind of like old school camera work on that film and um and the sound effects just seem to match with all that so well i thought yeah, well, you know that's 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 part of the artistry. Of you know, there's other other sound guys involved. I was a, a sound effects specialist, so I created library. You know, I created stuff for them to cut in, and then they dealt with cut number two hundred and twenty-two and three hundred eight and stuff like that. I, I was gone by then. But, <laughs> <Wow>. uh, <laughs> I think that that is just like awesome. Like I, I really, uh, I th- I think it's just cool because like you're really like you're like a, a musical sound like icon and and for anybody who's you know over twenty they've everybody's seen like all your all the movies that you've done and and actually all the young people saw the the, the mermaid one I didn't actually see the mermaid movie now I'm gonna go back and see it I saw the mermaid <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, being being a young girl, you had to see it for sure. It's just one of your Ariel was one of the icons that was pushed is. at you when you were seven. I know who she is and everything, and I know like a lot of like singing songs in it because I like vocals, like vocal music, and I like ballady music and stuff. And there's some good songs and stuff in it. But I think it's like it's it's really cool, and that you've had had and continue to have such a monumental uh, career is just awesome. So we want to congratulate you on that, and we also want to congratulate you on doing low budget, awesome indie films like Brutal, because Brutal is like totally like rock, and everybody's going to love it. Again, we want everybody to check out your your uh, website, which is www. Howarth. Howarth. I got it right. Howarth.com. I had to. I had to think about it because, like, in my head, I was pronouncing it wrong the whole time. And uh, everybody can also check out Brutal at mynameisbrutal.com. We want everybody to follow you at at @soundlord1. I just started following you now on Twitter. Okay, good. And uh, we want to. what does that make, Jimmy? A million? No, I only have two hundred thousand. Like I, I don't know. Uh, I think I posted some stuff that I think pissed people off. I lost a few. <laughs> and uh, uh, we want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. And anytime you got anything cool to promote, we'd love to have you on again. It's been definitely a pleasure, and and really kudos to you and such a fabulous career. Fantastic! I'm glad to be here today. You guys are great, and I look forward to being back. Awesome. Yeah, for the cash yes, show, for Brutal. Yeah, you go. Oh, yeah, look, we'll have you. Uh, I'll send you an email with the date of the cash show and see if you can come, even if you just come on for a little bit and say hey to everybody, it'd be great. Yeah, I'll plan on being there. Awesome, awesome. So have a great cool. weekend, and thanks so much for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. Sure, you're welcome. Have, All right. have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, sure. Alan. Sound God. Bye-bye. Sound God. Isn't that cool? But it's Sound Lord. Sound Lord. Sound, Sound Lord. There you go. Sound Lord 1. <laughs> so I'm following now. So church, everybody in the, in the, uh, in the uh, chat room is waiting for something. Oh. <laughs> there you go. That's so awesome. How are you, you guys going? How's everybody in the chat room doing today? Everybody's good. Dean Girl sent you a booyah, and Z Padilla said, what? I've never seen The Little Mermaid, and I haven't, but she's... I, I yeah, because that it. seems like right up your alley, actually. It kind of is. I was more like the Lion King. Yeah. You know what? what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this right on your show is I love <laughs> The Little Mermaid. There you go. There you go. Oh. And by the way, nobody in the live audience has any um, sadness for you only having 200,000 followers. <laughs> They're all like, oh, gee, poor Jimmy Starr, only 200,000. But, uh, hey. Yeah. Nobody likes to brag to Jimmy. That's Especially okay. Z Padilla. I bet you that I'm following everybody in the chat room. Well, everybody yeah. who I know who's in the chat room, I'm following if they're on. 
Yes, I am too. I'm and, following everybody. And we have Morley Schulman in the chat room. Morley, today. what's up? Since Morley's on the phone, we should tell everybody too. We only have a couple days left for a mile in its uh, mile in his soul's crowdfund. And if you go to indiegogo.com slash a mile, um, that's where we're raising money for the crowdfund for the movie. It's going to be an awesome movie. You can check out the website a mile in his You can file follow Morley on uh, Twitter. It's at Morley's Musings. I love that. Yes, I do too. <laughs> And you can follow us on Twitter, A Mile in His Soul. And Ken Pettigrew's on there, too. Ken, what's up? Ken's show is tomorrow night at uh, – well, it's every night, but, like, the long show is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. KenPettigrew.com. Yes. I'm getting that right. Yes, you are. I'm getting that right. And, and he's man, at Ken Pettigrew on Twitter. And he's at Ken Pettigrew, and he's got, like, almost – he's got, like, 180,000 followers or something. So boo-hoo on him, too, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes to brag that guy. <laughs> so, Church Man, how's everything going with all your movies? <laughs> Everything's going okay. Uh, it's just been doing a lot of writing, getting everything prepped for Lazarus. Uh, it's uh, getting, uh, I think we're actually zeroing in on a stop date. Uh, I think it's the, I think it's like November 4th we talked about, but I have to just fine-tune it. And uh, it's going to be shot out here in L.A., um, it's a zombie movie set in 1957 Hollywood. There you go. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's, it's, it's brutal. Well, it's not pure brutal, but it's <laughs> And everybody should actually like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Lazarus movie. Yes, and uh, we will be uh, releasing in the next week or so a 10-minute behind-the-scenes uh, vignette of what's going on with it. So, and people can go to thelazarusmovie.com and watch all the little uh, webisodes we're putting together and behind the scenes. So you'll feel like you're in all the, from the beginning process to the end process of making this film. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, plus, uh, Emerging Pass is just about finished. Uh,. We've been uh, getting PowerPoint together as well, so it's been it's been it's been pretty tiring. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, coming up for air on Wednesdays uh, for for this great show, I love very much, and I'm glad to be part of it. And uh, a big booyah to everybody. And Chad Murphy, how you doing? How you doing? Ah, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Eh? A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and the first thing or the second thing? What's going on over there? I'll take number two. The second <laughs> thing. <laughs> one thing that's... How are you guys? Uh, one thing I want to mention, too, is that like uh, the Emerging Past is going to have an awesome soundtrack released by Spectre Records, and lots of the people on the soundtrack are going to actually be past guests of the Jimmy Star Show. Yes. Um, we will probably be releasing the names. Uh, I was told not to release them yet. But the soundtrack is just fucking sensational. Uh, with the lineup that we have, uh, it's, it's, you had some past guests, you actually have, uh, new guests that are gonna be lined up to be part of it. Um, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Absolutely. 
We also want to uh, we also want to give a shout out while we're here to like uh, for Monarchy Records since uh, Tom and I are heading up Monarchy Records and we want to give a shout out to some of our incredible talent. We got Mr. J Hen. We got international. Yeah. We got an international Nova. And we got Cat and Nine Tails, yeah. baby. Which uh, Cat and Nine Tails are in your neck of the woods? Uh, they're in yeah, LA this gosh. week. Yeah, yeah, they're out there hanging out with Chad Lindbergh, who was on last week. We want to give a shout out to Chad Lindbergh, Cat and Nine Tails. We always have to give a special shout out to Audrey, who's in France, um, because Audrey is is a follower on Twitter. It's at Dean W Girl, and she is the number one Chad Lindbergh fan in the world. She was so happy to like see his naked butt on that movie, My Big Break. <laughs> oui, oui. and uh, she totally dug it, and <laughs> and we love to embarrass loved her about it. <laughs> we love to embarrass her about it, and she's the coolest. She's so cool. She's really been supportive, and we think she's like totally the shit. <laughs> and we want to thank we want to thank Zanetta Padilla Padilla Padilla. I bet it's Padilla. I would say Padilla Padilla because she actually Padilla. Uh, she's in. I would say Zanita Padilla Zanita pa- Zanita Padilla because she's actually in Singapore. I think she's in Singapore. Right? Oh, that's, that's cool. A great name. It's three o'clock in the morning in Singapore, and she got up to hear us and Steve Lemmy, and so like we want to like give her a shout out. Yeah, because that's cool. And uh, I always we're see international, her. baby. I, I always see her in the chat room at uh, at, uh, at penpettigrew.com when I'm uh, when I'm listening to the Pen Pettigrew the Ken Pettigrew show. Jeepers, <laughs> creepers, Jesus. <Wow. laughs> and we want to tell everybody too uh, to make sure that they watch. The voice again, Tom. I don't know if you heard, but like uh, Michaela Page, who has a, a radio show here, um, "Pursue Your Passion." Is it was that her name of her show? And uh, she's an awesome sixteen-year-old, and she made it onto the Voice Team Blake. So we want everybody to support oh, the Voice awesome. Team Blake. W Four C Y is taking over the freaking world, baby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there you go. We got a caller. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Uh, hello, it's Steve Lemmy. How are you? Hey, Steve Lemmy. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? What's up? There we go. So what we're uh, gonna? What's so happening, hot stuff? I have to tell you. <laughs> oh my I'm, god, that's I'm from the, the Breakfast Club. Right yeah, I know you're and in the airport because you're coming here. I'm coming to Miami, yeah. And uh, so I have my I have my elevator voice going. Okay, that's the voice, like, like so everybody doesn't know he's like talking on the radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's you know, okay. Like, I would like. I'd like to hoot and holler with you guys, but I'm going to have to be somewhat dignified. That's okay. Don't worry. Fuck that dignity shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that shit. Elevator voice. Say it like that. Yeah, elevator voice. <laughs> it, it's almost like you're daring me to repeat that right here in the middle of the airport. <laughs> yeah, I double dog dare you, Steve. Hang on, okay, hang here on. We go. Okay. Fuck that dignity shit. There you go. <laughs> so bef- awesome. before we get started, let's get let me reintroduce you to everybody starting off with the diva of Cool Drew Albright. Steve, welcome back. I'm so excited to see you this weekend. Thank you. I'm excited for you guys to come see the show. Then we've got our LA our LA correspondent and cool cat of film, Thomas Churchill. What's up? Can you please press one to the garage, please? <laughs> you know what, Thomas Churchill, I'm mad at you. <laughs> Why? Because I left early last time you were on. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. I forgot about you that. You're going to leave early again now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't just that you left early last time. It was the way you left early. Like you were like, I yeah, take it easy and just walk. <laughs> All right, so you want me to do it again? Hey, take it easy and then just hang up. No, I'll say take it easy 
I'll talk to you again. Just the third time's the charm. I'll wait for you to get on the third time, so I'll spend more than uh, 15 minutes with you. <laughs> hey, Dr. Thomas Churchill, wait, Tom Churchill, you're not a doctor, are you? No, I'm well, doctor. sometimes I am. I do play one on TV, though. <laughs> Is that right? What, what kind of doctor do you play on TV? I'm a proctologist. Oh, proctologist, <laughs> Oh wait, what did he call it? A pecker checker? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's right. It, like, I mean, I know that uh, wait, proctology is is the anus, but but those doctors are also called pecker checkers. Okay. Now I usually I usually throw on the rubber glove and spread them and just scream Pinocchio <laughs> so I can hear the echo. <laughs> I, I what kind of uh, research did you do for that role? Assuming you're a, pro- a professional. Oh, that's a good question, Steve. Uh, well, um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you got him on that one, Steve. <laughs> you did, you did, because, you know, I can't do my elevator voice, but I'm standing, like, outside a restaurant here. So, <laughs> we'll just look And I'm walking around with my little tooth, uh, uh, Bluetooth thing in my ear, so if I just get into it, they'll probably call the cops on me. Oh, wait you know a second. I, just, I, just, yeah, I don't I was just, I'm in the middle of LAX, and I just said, fuck that dignity shit. <laughs> well, I'm in LA. I'm in LA. I'm downtown LA right now, and just pacing back and forth. So say, fuck that dignity shit, I, like Tom. A, I, I do belong here, because it's fucking crazy over here. We, we want to hear you say, fuck that dignity shit, Tom. Fuck that pixie shit. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, I can go off like, fuck that <laughs> People just staring at me. Hey, uh... Hey, wait a sec. We forgot, too, Steve Lemmy. We need to also introduce you to the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Steve Lemmy! What's up, Chad? God, was Chad, that good. with a name like Chad, are you, like, blonde and blue-eyed and kind of prickish? How'd you know? And yeah. Kind of prickish. Yes. No. Very pricklish. I know. <laughs> I'm growing out the beard, and they thought I looked like Ted Kaczynski. What is his name? The oh, Unabomber? Kaczynski. Yeah, no. he looks like Ted Kaczynski. Or Grizzly Adams. Yeah. I'm letting it roll. <laughs> okay, just- all right, I'm going to this, and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, dude, have a good one. Steve, safe flight. We'll, we'll catch up soon. Bye, Tom. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, talk I'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye, dude. Hey, Steve, how about give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room? What's up, everybody in the chat room? And, and, and you know what else? I have to give a very special shout-out all the way to Okinawa, Japan, to a Twitter friend of Zanetta Padilla, who is uh, who woke up early to listen to this, and she's there. She's in the chat room. She's there. We saw. We uh, we already gave her. A, we gave her a shout out a minute ago too, because she got up at three o'clock in the morning to listen to this. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she tweeted me a picture of her uh, drinking a cup of coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's it, she's an interesting person because you know she's hooking us up with, uh, with Broken Lizard is going to do a USO appearance over there in, in Okinawa. I think in January. Oh, cool! But, uh, to convince us, she sent us a um, a video of her doing a maple syrup chug. Which, uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's something from our movie Super Troopers, and uh, highly unadvisable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is! It is. Believe me, don't do not try it at home. All it takes is a pint of maple syrup, and it will Ugh. it will put put you in a sugar coma and and tear your insides apart. But don't. Don't do it. But she did it, so she gets her shout-out. There you go. That's wow. cool. So you're in, in LAX because you're on your way to Miami for the start of your new tour. 
Yes, uh, so Kevin Heffernan, uh, who plays Farva and Super Troopers and Landfill and Beer Fest, he and I have been doing a two-man show um, for about the last year and a half, and uh, we just filmed it for a DVD special for Netflix, and uh, now we are kicking off the new tour in Miami at the Improv this weekend, uh, five shows Thursday to Saturday, so we're psyched. And also, so like, so it's called Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah, that is the the DVD special is Fat Man, Little Boy. It should be out, say, in either November or December. It'll be on Netflix, and you know, obviously, we'll start pushing that. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're we're psyched about that and psyched psyched uh, to come down to Florida to do these shows because that is always Florida crowds and Southern crowds in general tend to be a lot. A, a lot better than, than northern crowds because the people in the south, especially Florida, know how to let it all hang out. There you go. I think that's like freaking like awesome. I think it's awesome that you guys are coming too. For anybody who uh, wants to find out more about the show, you can go to MiamiImprov.com. They're going to be playing uh, the twenty tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday night. Um, five shows, so I don't know how the five shows work out. One tomorrow and two Friday and two Saturday. Yeah, one, Thursday night at 8.30, and then Friday and Saturday, uh, two shows apiece, um, 8.30 and 10.45. There you go. And everybody can go to MiamiImprov.com to get tickets. It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, we're very, very excited. We're actually going to uh, – Jimmy Star Show is going to see it on Friday night. And so tell us what can we kind of like expect of everybody listening. Like what, are, what – give us a, some kind of like little clue. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. We have we have a, a format that most people haven't seen before. We uh, – Kevin and I, you know, we come up on stage together, and uh, you know, we're sort of like a like a rated R or NC seventeen Smothers Brothers. Like we'll just <laughs> rip, we'll rip each other apart and call each other names. And you know, I think it's possible sometimes we bring somebody up from the, the audience, um, and then uh, one guy stays on stage and does like thirty minutes of stand up, and then the other guy will come back. We'll do like a two man story. Um, which is probably like 10 or 15 minutes, and then the other guy will stay on and do his 30 minutes, and then we come out and, you know, say goodnight. But, uh, so it's pretty high-energy, uh, rowdy show, and uh, also it being Miami, those, again, those crowds tend to be a little bit rowdier than than, uh, than other crowds. So, uh, so it's, it's pretty high-impact and uh, a lot of laughs. It sounds awesome, and I like that Miami is not "quote unquote" refined like other crowds. I think that's fun. <laughs> oh no! To- I mean, like I- I'm assuming you guys have been to Miami, so you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for- the entire state of Florida, I have always found to be completely different than the rest of the country in terms of their attitudes. Like in Florida, all you guys do is party, like you drink booze and you have sex with each other, and that's it. <laughs> That's why we want you to come down and like be live in the studio. <laughs> and we'll just lock the doors and go out of it. Is that what you're <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's funny too that you said like an R-rated Smothers Brothers. I have to give tell you a little story. And like when I was in college, I went to University of Florida, and for our homecoming, we always had great comedians. And one year we had Robin Williams, and it was the funniest shit ever. And because he was so rated R, talking about his penis and all kinds of stuff, and everybody like had heart attacks. The next year they brought in the Smothers Brothers, and I was, and you know, they're funny and everything, but like it's not a college crowd kind of comedy like thing to go see. You know, I was so disappointed, you know, because we were like laughing. It was like all like you know jokes for twelve year olds. 
and it was like super disappointing. And so I'm glad that you're like a rated R version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this this will not be a show for twelve year olds. I guarantee. Yeah, that's in, good. In, in fact, we actually it's funny when we were starting out, we did a show down in Marco Island. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever been to Marco Island? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, so there was like a comedy club down there that was more of like a seafood restaurant, and like we would we were doing the show, and there were twelve year olds in the audience, <laughs> and it, you know it's really hard to do dick jokes and masturbation jokes in front of 12-year-old boys because they just... And 12-year-old girls. They're not, they're not as responsive to that material. <laughs> and neither are their parents, by the way. <laughs> I bet not. That was yeah, like a so, whacked-out booking, man. Like, that was some <laughs> whacked-out stuff. Yeah, but it was, it was a fun show. I mean, you know, like, it really... Being in Florida is just a great thing. It's just it's a fun vibe. Um, Oh yeah, and so to and so to keep going with the Miami thing. So Florida is its own thing, but Miami, Miami has a special thing going. I don't know if it's like I can say this because I, I am Hispanic, but I don't know if it's because of the, the Latin vibe down there. But there's a, there's there's I think an even crazier thing going on down in Miami. I don't know if, if it's so refined and dignified. It's more like lawless and, and wild. <laughs> yes, that is true. That's what we're expecting at the Miami Improv. Oh yeah, now it's going to be. You're going to. You won't be disappointed. Neither of you, and we will lock the doors and just go at it with the entire. <laughs> I think it's like fun. So, what time does your plane actually take off? Um, my plane is uh, taking off at two thirty, and because I have a baby now, you know, I'm traveling with my wife because my wife is from Miami. Oh, cool! And we're, bring, we're bringing our son uh, to say hi to his, his relatives. And so, uh, so now we get here like four hours early, just to like fly stress free and not worry about anything. So we're not taking off to like two thirty, I think. So ha- does, has your son flown before? He has. He's actually been to. I think he's been to Miami twice, two or three times now. And he's been in New York two or three times. That's uh, cool. Taken to Texas. Yeah. So congratulations on being a. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine Super Troopers being a father. <laughs> Actually, I'm if really you follow right. his Twitter, like he has the best father jokes, which are like hilarious. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing, and you know, like it's funny now in my stand-up show, like I'll actually do like a couple of minutes of baby jokes just to get them out of the way. Oh, that's funny. You know, that is my life now, so like I have to, you know. But there's, a, but I put, you know, I put my NC17 twist on them. There yeah, you know, that's absolutely. the funniness about it is because it's like super adult humor about being a father, which is like such a cute thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's there is something funny about, believe me, all my friends are laughing at me, the fact that I have a, uh, a baby now. But the, luckily it's, it's for me, luckily it's a boy because I don't think I could handle having a girl. And, uh, you know, the kid, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to start him watching our movies. Right now, I'll just, <laughs> you know, gotta shape his his mind early. Gotta twist it, warp it. I think that's like super cool. Just just in general, that that uh, and it's super cool that you can travel with them and get to come down here and see your relatives at the same time. You and know, if anybody gives you crap on the plane, it's like for bringing a baby on board. Like you've got some comebacks, I'm sure. It's like they don't know who they're up against. That's right. Are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Steve Lemmy, bitches. 
Do you know what I'm capable of? Do you know what I'm thinking about up here in this brain? I've been <laughs> shot in the groin, so I don't give a F. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I wouldn't say I don't give an F. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I when, will say. Go ahead. Or go ahead. I was just going to say, like, when you're like now you're sitting in the airport, do people recognize you everywhere you go? Or only the cool people you know, recognize you? That's right. That's how I know if somebody's cool. When okay. they recognize me, I'm like, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's my litmus test, too. If they recognize me. There you no, go. Like, uh, it, it, it depends. Like, when I'm carrying a baby, not so much. If I'm walking with Kevin Heffernan, we will get, uh, you know, a lot of people will, will come up and you know, try to buy us uh, shots and, you know, get us drunk in the airport. Um, but, like, you know, right now, traveling with wife, and kid, I, I can go pretty, pretty incognito. That's so funny because we can hear the airport in the background. Like we hear the boarding call in the background, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. Is that is, is that messing up the sound? Oh, not at all. Oops, no, it's sorry, all good. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. We're all good with it. So let's uh, talk a little bit about Broken Lizard because last time we had you on, we had you on because you were promoting I Heart Shaky, um, which by the oh, way. Yeah. It's uh, out on is DVD. out now on DVD. If anybody hasn't seen it, they can see it. And like you were the star of it, and it was kind of family oriented, so it kind of like works with you and your baby. And now you're going uh, on tour, but you became famous from Broken Lizard, which is like some of the funniest shit ever that anybody will ever see ever. Um, so talk talk a little bit about it, or, and uh, uh, and what you think about it all now, because like it's basically like launched you into the stratosphere. Well, you know, Broken Lizard, Broken Lizard is awesome, and we're still we're still working together right now. We're you know we're negotiating Super Troopers too. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and so and that's just, it's taking a while because we're sort of there's just a couple of legal things we have to arbitrate about the on um, the first film, and so that's sort of that, that's the holdup. Um, but you know, we've written this the sequel to Super Troopers, and uh, you know the, the plan. I think the plan would be to shoot it, you know, starting in January or February of next year um, as we, you know, we try to figure out the, the contracts and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, Broken Lizard was awesome. You know, it's like five, you know, four of my friends from college. And, uh, you know, it's that thing that every friends does. They're like, you know, you're hanging out having beers and, and, and miscellaneous items going into your body. And you're like, uh, you know, hey, we're having a good time. We're pretty funny. Why don't we try to, like, put on a live show someplace? You know, so we started you know, doing sketch shows in college and then uh, moved it to New York City, and it just sort of it just sort of took off. And uh, eventually we were able to, you know, we raised the money to make our first film, which was called Puddle Cruiser. And then uh, from that we got the money to make Super Troopers, and uh, we sold that at the Sundance Film Festival to uh, Fox Searchlight. And uh, and that's just pretty much uh, where it all started. And then we were in the studio system, and uh, you know, and then a couple of years ago we decided we wanted to get back doing live stuff because we missed it so much. And so that's that's kind of what we've been doing while we've been writing Super Troopers too. So um, so that's yeah. Go ahead. What is the name of your live show? Because like on on your website it's like Heffernan Lemmy, on your Twitter it's Lemmy Heffernan, on other things it's like dashes and stuff i want to know what is the name <laughs> well you know what there is no name like when when we first set up our our twitter site kevin set it up and uh he, he just went alphabetical and did heffernan lemmy 
And yeah, alphabetical, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> and, 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 but then the thing was, and this is an amazing thing, apparently, even though it was our last names, back-to-back, people were having trouble. It was too complicated for people. And so we switched the Twitter around to Lemmy Heffernan, and that was much easier for people to figure out. But so the website is www.heffernanlemmy.com, and then the Twitter site is at Lemmy Heffernan. The live show, it's whoever gets in contact with the club first is whose name goes <laughs> <up> first. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking that, hilarious. That, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's all it is. You know, we're in a constant pissing match over whose name gets to, to go first. Because to me, it's like Heffernan and Lemmy doesn't sound as good. Doesn't sound as good because you get a, a double and say Heffernan and Lemmy. It doesn't. It's complicated. Yes. Lemmy, Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan sounds much better than Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. You're right about that, actually. I th- I definitely think just on sound, not because like I know you and you've been on the show <laughs> two times and we all think you're cute and everything, but I definitely think Lemmy Heffernan sounds better rather well, than Heffernan Lemmy. Dr. Albright, as a as a doctor, I value your professional opinion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and you will be meeting Kevin Heffernan, I'm assuming, on Friday night. And I think you should, you should tell, tell him. him. <laughs> <laughs> as a doctor, my official recommendation is, yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're writing a prescription for more Lemmy. There yes. you go. <laughs> There's that just something about cures, Lemmy. That a lot. A lot of disease right there. <laughs> <laughs> Although some have said that also creates others, so I don't know. Yes, yes. Definitely now, Lemmy what are, you, what are you guys doing today? We're talking to you on the radio. <laughs> I, okay, that's a, that's a very clever answer. I like that. I like that. What else? Um, well, actually, it's Wednesday night, and so uh, X Factor is going to come on. <laughs> Okay. We kind of okay. get to take it easy after the radio show. In a way, this is kind of like, like our, our day off. Our <laughs> day off, actually, is radio show day. This is our day to goof off and have a lot of fun. Um, you know, I actually, uh, I'm a director of operations for a record label, and so, like, I watch all the reality shows because a lot of times the people who don't make it, I'm, I, I go after them and to sign them to my record label. Oh, gotcha. That's awesome. So I need to watch them because of that, and I'm also putting together a soundtrack uh, for a Corey Feldman movie that I have a role in, and uh, I'm going to be distributing the soundtrack, so I'm working on that. Oh, that's awesome. So like, so when you're watching The X Factor and The Voice and stuff and like drinking beer and eating potato chips, can you write off the, the beer and potato chips from your taxes because you're working? I probably could. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually probably could. <laughs> Which, by the it way, is like every movie we see is work is usually work related. Every uh, thing we rent is usually work related, and yeah, all everything the television because everything we do is in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Which I'm going to give a plug because if you need a cool soundtrack, thank you for that idea. Yeah, I'm going to start writing more <laughs> shit off, man. If you need any, if you ever need uh, Super Troopers, a cool like rock or hip hop soundtrack or whatever, like uh, we work with Spectre Records. It's one of the largest indie record labels. We have worldwide physical distribution, and like we could do the soundtrack for you. And, oh, and distribute okay, yeah. it all, and distribute it all over the place. And since I'm plugging all my other things, if you need any really cool like cameos, because I am the shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. Does it say that on your headshot? I am the shit. No, actually, I wear bracelets, and they say Jimmy Starr is the shit. 
Okay. <laughs> we're really I'm modest done. around here. We're really modest around here. And I actually have videos on YouTube under Jimmy Stars the Shit. It's all the different – because, you know, I'm also a clothing – I don't know if you know. I'm going to tell you that. I'm also a, like a celebrity clothing designer. I make really cool one-of-a-kind clothes. Every you know, I've dressed all kinds of really cool people. And I have videos on YouTube with all the different famous people like Malcolm McDowell and Joey Fatone from NSYNC and, I don't know, Bon Jovi, all the different people I've dressed saying, hey, you know, I'm Malcolm McDowell and Jimmy Stars the Shit. And I have a whole bunch of video series on YouTube. Uh, of that, of them wearing my clothes, saying that, and I, I use it for promotional purposes because I'm a promotion whore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's but that's if, if you don't promote yourself, who is going to promote you? That's right, exactly. Every it's, it's all about self promotion. It's about branding yourself and creating an image. That's that's the at the very core of of uh, becoming famous. Absolutely, absolutely. And actually, yep. I think you would like a lot of Jimmy Star brand clothes because a lot of them have like really bad words on them, which is awesome. <laughs> like we have one, um, Jimmy Star just did a one of a kind T-shirt. They're all one of a kind, so there's he does one, and that's it. It's the only one. And right now he has a great T-shirt that says "Fuck me, I'm famous." Okay. Okay. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I, like I did that all one. kinds like of one. Like I did a really cool shirt when Kobe Bryant got like accused of raping the girl in the hotel, and it ended up being all false. And I had a shirt that said "Free Kobe" all over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. You know what? I want. I want the fuck me. I'm famous one, and uh, I'm just gonna wear it to bed and show it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a big uh, size, so so we'll let Kevin wear it, and he can just wear it on stage, and he'll probably get laid. Is he married? Uh, he is. Okay, he is, well then, he, then he probably won't want to wear it. <laughs> it draws a lot of attention because when you wear things like that, people then you get like then you, you know, do get laid. You actually do. Yeah, there's brings a lot of opportunity your way, uh, which you guys don't need because you're famous already. But the fact you know that if you're advertising for it, you probably like could get laid every night. You're right. You're absolutely right. And <laughs> after all, what is life on the road if if not the that chance to get laid every night that's right i'm sure you have a million groupies so like it'll be like cool <laughs> yeah except you know but you know broken is a comedy troupe so we like to call them troopies okay <laughs> oh that's cute that actually is cute i like that that works a lot yeah so- yeah no it doesn't actually work at all troopies uh don't <laughs> So we should go back again too and let everybody know that that uh, that Lemmy Heffernan is going to be playing at the Miami Improv Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. You can go to the MiamiImprov.com to get information, or you can also go to HeffernanLemmy.com. And if we want to follow you on Twitter, you follow at Steve Lemmy. But if you want to follow Heffernan Lemmy on Twitter, you follow at Lemmy Heffernan. You yeah, got no, it all right. Awesome. Didn't well, I get it right? It. I got yeah, my shit it. together. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll tell you what, you know what, on the, let's, for you guys, for your listeners, let's offer half-price tickets for Thursday and Friday if you have the code word, Drunky the Bear. Drunky, Drunky the, bear. the Bear, okay. That works. Drunky the Bear, one word, D-R-U-N-K-Y, the bear, if you do it online, or you can call the club and they'll give you uh, half-price tickets Thursday and the Friday shows. Oh, that is awesome. That's cool. So anybody going want to go Thursday night or Friday night, mention Drunky the Bear online if you buy tickets or when you call the box office and you'll get half-price tickets. And then you guys get to go and see Lemmy Heffernan. And we're going Friday. And we're going Friday. So anybody wants to meet us, we're going to be there for, for the 8.30 show on Friday night. Or 8.45 show, 8.30 show, 8.30 show yeah. on Friday yeah. night. Super I'm excited. counting on you guys to make a lot of noise. We'll make a lot of noise. I'm loud. <laughs> 
Okay. Are you are you guys going to sit up front or sit in the back? Oh, I'll sit up front so you can make fun of me. <laughs> uh, you, know, you say that now. <laughs> I, I am a ham, baby. I I'll love it. I, I, I love I love it. Like I think this shit's freaking awesome, dude. I'm like a, I'm a total attention whore. I have a radio show. Come on. <laughs> Uh, then, then we will leave specific instructions that seat you in the back. There you- <laughs> <laughs> totally because works. That's what, that's what happens when you you know you bring somebody up and they are an attention whore and they love it. Then all of a sudden they start trying to make jokes and talking and we're like, no, leave the fucking jokes to us. <laughs> I just laugh. I'm a, I'm just really okay. just a laugher, so you don't have to worry about that part. Huh? I I know what it's right. like to like have people come on your show and try and take it over, and so I don't uh, I don't I don't I don't do I don't play that game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like that. I, I'm like that. There are times where I, like, everywhere we go, they never have us back because I start, I like to interview the person who's interviewing. <laughs> and then I'll start asking the questions. Like, if it's a woman, I'll be like, you know, what uh, celebrity is your sexception? You know, like, <laughs> it's, I mean, that doesn't sound so crazy. I know. I think it's hilarious. Think- it's awesome. I think it's, I think it sounds funny as shit, though. I just think that it's. I, I think comedians are a whole nother like, like brand, like of 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 people. You know, it's like so much fun to like have comedians come on the show to watch the stuff that you guys put out for the world to see. It's very, very like impressive and it's so entertaining. You know that we have to like get actually like on a in a serious note give you total props, dude, because it totally rocks. Oh, thank you, I appreciate that. You know who could use some of that is is Tom Churchill. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, every time I talk to that, it leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth. He's, he's getting worse. He's he's not like coming on Friday that. either because he's going to be in L.A. <laughs> well, we won't be having coffee. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, oh, Tom, what does what does Tom Churchill look like? Because he sounds very New Yorky. He is very New Yorky. He looks very New Yorky. He too. looks very New Yorky too. Kind of Guido-y. Gee, Drew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. Like a, I mean, that's just a fact. Does, like, does he have a pompadour? No, he doesn't have a pompadour. He's bald, and he kind of like looks like a um, a bouncer, like a New York okay. bouncer. Oh, so he's like a he big could guy, mess so you I should, up. I should, I should cool it. Nah, you don't have to worry about it. Don't forget, you're the little boy, but you got Fat Man with you, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> He's a pussy too. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing too, we want to tell you because when when Fat Man Little Boy come and Little Boy comes out where everybody can like watch it and stuff, we want to have both of you guys come on the show because I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah. have you guys come on the Absolutely. show and promote it because it would be a lot of fun and and again everything that you do is great and we want everybody to come to the Miami Improv Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Follow Steve Lemmy at Steve Lemmy and follow Lemmy Hefferman on Twitter at Lemmy Heffernan Heffernan. And uh, and if you want to check out their website, it's heffernandlemmy.com. It's so cool. I got that all like that backwards stuff all worked out. And when we go Friday night and we meet, when we meet Kevin Heffernan, we're going to tell him that we think everything should be called Lemmy Heffernan. <laughs> I'll I give him that. the prescription. I, I, I'm going to be I standing like that. 20 feet away, though. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to no, thank no, you for coming on the show, dude, because we know you're at the airport. It's always a pleasure. Again, we uh, anytime you got anything to promote, we're all about it because we think you totally rock. Love it. I think you guys rock. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So have a safe, safe flight. Say hello to the wife and and son. Um, have a safe, safe trip, and we'll see you on Friday night. All right. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you guys there. All righty, dude. Have a good one. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys. 
Bye, Steve. Bye. He's cool. He's so cool. I like him. We should have a, a show just with Churchill and him. <laughs> and that would be it. Because Churchill's such a comedian. They could just go back and forth. Yeah, they would like, get to it. So I think it's like fun. And I hope everybody in the chat room's having a good time. What's up, everybody? Peace out. We're saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say hello. And we should do uh, – we got a couple minutes before our next caller. We should do a couple of uh, advertisement things. Well, I want to do a shout-out, too, to another fellow comedian, Louis C.K., because he won two Emmys at the Primetime Emmys, and, and uh, he is awesome, and that's three Emmys total he has. That's awesome. And we are trying to, we're going to tweet Louis. Everybody should tweet Louis C.K. Everybody in the chat room, you're all on Twitter. Follow Louis C.K. We want to get him to come on the radio show because he's coming here in November, and we want him to call in. So everybody start tweeting to him that they sh- he should come on the Jimmy Star Show. Yeah. And maybe we can like get like a – what do, do I like call campaign? it? A tweet NATO or whatever you call that. What do you call it when a whole bunch of people? We yeah, need, tweet NATO. Yeah, we need to get the whole thing to Twitter. There's an actual name name for it though. Like when you tweet, like a uh, hashtag, like it's the, trending. We needed to get trending. Okay. Louis C.K. trending on the Jimmy Star Show. So everybody, let's let's try and do that. That would be cool. Oh, that's a cool idea. Okay. <laughs> I'll start tweeting. <laughs> okay, so we'll all start tweeting it, and let's see what we can do. And uh, I want to tell everybody, too, again, to mention A Mile in His Soul. Check out the new film. I'm going to be flying to Scotland in November. It's going to be really cool. And it's uh, www.amileinhissoul.com. And the crowdfund campaign raising money on Indiegogo is indiegogo.com slash mile. And for anybody who's feeling like they're falling asleep right now, Got to try some Dynapet, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we want you guys to follow us on Twitter. It's at Dynapep Shots. And Dynapep, it's the world's first energy micro shot. It's really small, like smaller than a little lipstick vial. It fits in your pocket. Um, it's got 10 hours of energy. It tastes terrible. Don't worry about that part. You just drink some water afterwards. Because it's a shot. You because just it's sh- a shot. You just shoot it. I mean, it's like gone in two seconds, and it'll keep you up for 10 hours. And uh, it's got no sugar. No carbs. No crash. There you go, baby. And you guys can check it out. Go to Dynapep.com, Facebook.com slash Dynapep Energy. And on Twitter, we're Dynapep Shots. And if you uh, want to order it too, you can go call one eight 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 do dynapep and uh, what'd you get a tweet? Yeah, Z Padilla. She already tweeted at Louis C.K. I want to see you on at Jimmy Star Show. There you go. So it started. It has begun. Yeah, like you need to like uh, tag us all in that. I gotta like I have to do that too. Okay, I think that's also also everybody. If you're in the entertainment industry, no matter what 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 aspect of the industry you're in, whether you work in front of the camera or behind the scenes, there's a really cool new social networking site. It's called ConnectShot. It's www.connectshot.com. Um, you can go, you can create a free profile. Drew's on it, Churchill's on it, I'm on it. Um, lots of industry professionals are on it. It's a great, it's like Facebook for people in the entertainment industry. It's also got a lot of cool opportunities if you're like in a band and you're looking for a record deal or if you're looking to get music on soundtracks or anything like that. So definitely uh, check it out and go and create a free profile and then add all of us on it. It's connectshot.com, www.connectshot.com. It's really for people who. Uh, are ready to work in the entertainment industry because you get to network with other people and uh, you can create your own projects. And the resources on the site are just amazing. Um, Like a lot of the resources normally you'd have to pay thousands of dollars for to see um, different listings for acting gigs, band gigs, uh, all sorts of things, sound design, you name it, anything in the entertainment industry. So it really is a great site. 
And uh, and then there's paid services too, where like if you want to get your song in front of a bunch of record labels, they have some great ways to do that, and uh, you can have a paid service. And and uh, so there's lots of options on the site. And I'm on there. I'm Drew Albright. I'm Jimmy Starr. Churchill's Thomas Churchill. Yeah. And Monarchy, Monarchy Records and Arcadium Entertainment. Which and are, the Jimmy Star Show. And the Jimmy Star Show's on there. That's right. Yeah. God, dog, we are so cool. We got it going on. I know when Steve Lemmy's like, you guys do, it's like, I draw a blank because it's like, what are we not up to? It's like <laughs> so many different things going on. It's so funny. And then also, you guys, another sponsor of the Jimmy Star Show is uh, is uh, Bon Jovi DPS. Yes, um, bon Jovi DPS stands for Digital Power Station, and that's what it turns your computer into. Uh, basically, it's for great sound on your computer or your portable devo- device. So they have uh, apps for iPhones and Android, and they have uh, a great plug-in download for your computer. You go to dpsplugin.com. You can test it out on the site, and what it'll do is they'll play a song on their website, and uh, you'll hear it normally, how it sounds through your speakers or whatever setup you have at home. And then you press this button, and then it shows you the sound of the digital power station. And uh, you'll see the highs are higher. It's more rich. Uh, basically, it makes the sound on your computer come alive. And uh, it's a one-time download. It's $20. And because they're a sponsor of the Jimmy Star Show, we pass savings on to you you get 15% off with our code. It's Jimmy Star, all one word. And so when you're ready to buy, put that in, and it will save you 15% off. And it is awesome. I actually use it. And uh, now I can't really listen to sound without it anymore. And uh, it really, because we're all using compressed files, which can end up sounding very flat, uh, this brings the richness and vibrancy back to sound. And another thing... Is everybody should besides downloading that everybody should start uh, Zanetta Zanita Zanita started uh, a trend and it is the trending the trending hashtag is fuck that dignity shit. <laughs> I, I love it. I just sent and I just I just uh, sent the hashtag to Steve Lemmy and to you too. I just tagged you and Lemmy okay. and Churchill in it because I think that's freaking hilarious and I think you know, that's everything we stand for at the Jimmy Star Show. I think everything is so cool with like modern technology and the fact that we've got you know Audrey's in Paris and sh- and she's in Japan and like like there's people all over the United States. You know Ken Pettigrew's in California and Morley's in ca- in Canada and, and our own co-host Churchill is out in L.A. and we're in Florida and like all of us can communicate and we're like tweeting to each other as we're on the radio and stuff. I mean like things are so cool like. I mean, things are so cool. Like, can you imagine, like, if you were, like, a little kid now? If I was, like, five and I would have had an iPhone, I'd probably be, like, a genius and computer genius-y person. <laughs> like, I just think it's the coolest thing ever. What do you think about that, Mr. Chad? You are the shit. There you go. No one likes a bragger. Oh, and Leslie. Uh, Leslie's just tweeting. I don't know if she's actually in the chat room. But what's she up, is. Leslie? I haven't talked to you lately, Leslie. It's like you've been missing in action. Welcome. We're happy to see you. And fuck that dignity shit. <laughs> <laughs> Also, um, Z Padilla just started the new hashtag Louis C.K. on, on the, the Jimmy, Jimmy Star show. show. That's the one we really need to get to trend because how cool would that be if we got Louis C.K. to come on the show? That would just be awesome. So everybody, like, let's work on it and see what we can uh, do because I think that would be an awesome one. I'll start, tw- I'll start doing it from, like, all my other accounts. And you do the Jimmy Star Show account. Okay. That's cool. I'm digging it. Yeah. And he's got, like, millions of followers. 
Yeah, he's um he's really embraced technology too because um he has his own website and now he's up oh, we have a caller. So everybody remember that. Louis CK, hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hey <laughs> Who do we have? That has that's got to be Tim Sullivan. <laughs> no, this one. No, this one's Vito. Right? Oh, here. that's Vito. Vito, what's up? Hey, what's going on? I just figured, like, because you like came so gusto-y like that, and you had never been on the show, so dude, you fit right in. Like, you were rocking and rolling, baby. We're like, <laughs> oh, good, happy. all right, right we're on. Like, totally happy. <laughs> How do we pronounce your last name? Uh, Trabuco. Trabuco. Okay. See, I would have gotten that one wrong too. So far, I would have been that's 0 right. for no three. One does. Don't get it right. <laughs> uh, I would have been wrong on like all three of them today, but that's okay. So we're very happy to have you. Before we get started, let me uh, introduce you to my co-host. Starting off with the diva of cool, Drew Albright, Mr. Trabuco. Hey, I, I Drew. I kind of got it right. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm working on it. Welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> then we've got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Lim- uh, Chad Murphy. Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> Vito. We don't even know who we are. What's up, Vito? How are you? This is Chad Lindbergh. How are you? I'm just like... <laughs> oh, Chad, good man. Do I do a good Chad Lindbergh? He's, he's Chad Murphy, and like Chad Lindbergh was a guest we had last week who's like, kind of like a really well-known actor, and, uh, and we like him a lot, and so like, a lot. I just fucked that one all up. But anyway... He stars a man crush on him, apparently. I, I got a thing for Chad Lindbergh, even though he's like 30 years too young for me, but but that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm Jimmy Starr. We want to welcome you to the Jimmy Starr Show. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Absolutely. And uh, also, we have a chat room, so how about if you give a shout-out to everybody in the chat room? Oh, cool. All right. Everyone in the chat room. What's going on? And uh, and Vito is, for everybody who doesn't know who he is, he's the writer and director, right? Yeah, co-writer of and director of Bloody Bloody. I co-wrote it with uh, one of our producers, Shelby McIntyre. So he's a co-writer and a director of Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, which actually is available for video on demand. Where where else would they actually be for anybody who so we tell them now and then we'll repeat it a couple times throughout the whole show. Oh, sure, sure. Um, it's actually right now, uh, this moment, it's, it's on iTunes and Amazon, all the instant plays, some VOD. But it comes out next month on all the major video on demand, like Time Warner, Comcast, Bright House, Cox. Uh, it'll be on DVD. Comes out on DVD October 9th. There you go. And and everybody, this is called, it's called Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, and this is like a throwback to slasher flicks of the eighties. You know, everybody who watches the Jimmy and listens to the Jimmy Star Show, we're all big horror fans. It's a really, really. I watched it last night. It's a really, really like fun, campy. Oh, great! Fun, campy horror movie. It's not like a horror movie that you like. You know, get freaked out like a saw or anything. It's more like a campy right. horror movie, <laughs> and it is freaking awesome. We had such a good time oh, cool. watching it. Cool, very cool. We had a really good time watching it, and just for everybody knows, uh, the movie stars Tim Sullivan, who I think is going to be calling in in a minute, and you guys all know Tim. He's been on the show a bunch of times. Normally, he's the director of the movies and not the star of the movies, and this one, he's like the star of the movie, Yeah, and it's awesome. It also stars Reggie Bannister from all the Phantasm movies, and it's got an awesome like cameo from Ron Jeremy as Jesus Christ, which to me is like the icing, like the cherry on the cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> It really yeah, Rod, yeah, Rod's great. Uh, I think that that was like one of the coolest things ever, and uh, I think uh, I think that like the movie, if you're real religious, probably like one of the most offensive movies you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Which for me works totally because I'm not religious, and I I just thought, sat there thinking, oh my god, you know, like if Mitt Romney saw this shit, he would just be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> 
Did you send Mitt Romney a copy? You should totally send like the Republican National Committee or whatever a copy of it because I think it would be freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, we don't talk to the Mormons too much, unfortunately, in it, but you know, maybe next time. It's hilarious. I picture like long underwear things. You should like make a character like after Mitt Romney in the next one. <laughs> in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Because you could actually keep this one going on forever. Yes. <laughs> right. I know. I know. We've got a lot of years to cover. Um, so also anybody who's who's kind of like uh, interested in finding more out about the movie, they can go to bloodybloodybiblecamp.com. Tell us a little bit about like how this concept actually came together. Oh, yeah, we actually, um, Shelby McIntyre, the co-writer, and myself, we, uh, about, uh, I think, in 2003, we, uh, we came up with the idea for it, and we just rewrote it, basically, in about two or three weeks, really quick, and we just sat on it for years. We just, we, oh, we did other okay. stuff, and uh, I, I'm from, I, I moved here from Florida, and when I moved out here, I, I had the script, and we just, you know, did other things, and then eventually... Um, it started with um, Shelby meeting, uh, working with the band, uh, Reggie and his wife on on something, and they they became friends. And he brought it up to them. I ended up uh, working with and up becoming my producer, Chris Montaro, out here. And then it just both at the same time, we just kind of all brought it up to each other, and then everyone just decided to do it, and we just finally were able to. It just kind of worked out for us. Never thought we were going to make it. To be honest with you, I thought we were going to sit there and script forever. You know, we're in Florida. Where were you from in Florida? I actually, um, I'm actually from Pittsburgh, but okay. I moved to Florida and I lived in Tampa for okay. about five or six years. Okay, cool. It's funny because like I just produced a movie called Brutal, and uh, it's it's not a campy one though, and uh, it actually stars Michael Baldwin, who was like played Michael Baldwin in all the Phantasm movies, and it was does all the convention. And, oh uh, yeah, I heard of that movie. And uh, yeah, it's a cool movie. And uh, so okay, I, I, so cool. that's like our six degrees of separation. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Tim who just called you, right? Yeah, he said he'll be calling in in a second. He okay. just needed the number. Okay, there he goes. Hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hey, I'm late. You won't believe why. Uh, you didn't have the phone number? You got no, like stuck well, in a non-traffic no, no, no. costume? They, 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 this is crazy. I'm, 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 I'm standing, I'm like walking around in, in my little bungalow in Venice. Um, they, the, the house has smelled like death. For about a week, <laughs> and I knew I didn't need anything that bad. I've been like sniffing around the <laughs> toilet and everything, and it, I'm like, "What the hell?" You know, I, I, the hoagie wasn't that bad. And then finally, they, they my, we couldn't find. Turned out, my my landlord here, a, a possum, a pregnant possum, crawled under my bungalow, gave birth, and then she and her babies couldn't get out, so they all freaking died. Wow. <laughs> Which is something that I think it's so Sister Mary Chopper, isn't it? It is, and everybody, we should say welcome to the Jimmy Star Show, Sister Mary Chopper, aka Tim Sullivan. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, Vito, you there, buddy? Yeah, Vito's I'm there, here. man. I'm here. Hey, Vito. He was on time. Did <laughs> <laughs> put those possums under my bungalow? <laughs> <laughs> So, Tim, let me reintroduce you to everybody quickly. We got the diva of Cool Drew Albright. Tim, welcome back. Oh, it's always a pleasure. So, so Vito, you were a Jimmy Star Show virgin until today. Right. Broke the cherry right now. He just broke the cherry. We, we started, were very gentle. We started talking about the movie. Before to that, though, let me introduce our man, the board, Dad Murphy. That's my cherry sound effect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy Starr. Now we want to show. And Tim, how about give a shout out to everybody in the chat room? 
Hey, everybody. It's, a, it's my third time, third time to Charm, and it's good to be here, everybody, uh, to my friends there in the chat room. So, hello. There you go. So, uh, again, anybody tuning in just right now, we're, uh, we've got Tim Sullivan and Vito Trabuco on, and we're talking about their new movie, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, which uh, we were saying to everybody, Tim, we watched it yesterday. It's very campy. It's a lot of fun, and it's, it's very Tim Sullivan-y, even though you didn't write it. Well, you know, it, I'm, I'm flattered, but, you know, it just, I, it actually makes me comfortable to know I'm not the only sick fuck out there. We like to be sick fucks. Right in the movie, it was perfect. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was so flattered because um, I had, it was right around the time I had just done Scream Queens, and I got a call from G, uh, I'm sorry, Reggie Bannister. Now I just have to say, when I was 14, I saw Phantasm at a grindhouse in New York on a double bill. I never told you this. I'm gonna. I'm, this mm-hmm. is for the whole world to know. This is I've never. Okay, so this is very interesting. 1978, 14 years old. I had a mentor, a guy named Tom Davis. He's about 10 years older than me. Love this guy. He was the brother of my my art teacher. He was the one who helped me make my first Super 8 movies. He was the one that took me into New York to see all these grindhouse movies. So he took me to see Phantasm on a double circle of iron with David Carradine. Remember that? (laughs) I think it was cross iron, circle of iron. Very bizarre. I fell in love with Reggie Bannister. I thought Reggie was the coolest freaking guy you could ever imagine. So here we cut from 1978 to, what was it, 2011 when we made this, Vito? 2010, I think we actually shot it. Yeah. And I get a phone call from Reggie Bannister asking me if I'd like to play a killer transvestite nun (laughs) in a movie called Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Now here's the fucked up thing. My dear dear friend Tom is now my dear dear friend Tina. Oh, oh my, my friend Tom. Yes, I never it. told you this, Vito. That's my friend my- Tom. My and if you had told me when I was fourteen but in, you know, 30-plus years, I'd be killing Reggie Bannister <laughs> as a nun, and my friend Tom would be a chick. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, and a black man's going to be in the White House one day. <laughs> I think uh... So I had a little bit to work with to play Sister Mary Chopper, Vito. And I never told you this because at the time, Tina wasn't open. And now Tina is is fully Tina and has been an inspiration to me and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and loves the movie. Oh, that <laughs> oh, is oh, awesome. Even better. <laughs> I think it's like... Oh, that's great. I never heard that. That's five, a good story. Yeah, she, she is, uh, they're called P-Girls. Uh, you know, uh, tra- transitional uh, guys becoming girls. They're called P-Girls. And there's going to be a special P-Girl screening of Bloody Bloody Bible Camp in New Jersey. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. I think it's like... Tina, if you're listening, I love you and thank you for everything you've done for me both then and now and helping me really 
put my money where put put walk the talk and really learn to accept that everybody is special in their own way and should be loved and accepted. There you go. I, I think that uh, first of all, I want to say because like in Vito, in like your bio or someplace I read, you know that you grew up on Porky's and Friday the Thirteenth. And I tell you, I grew up on Porky's also. I actually like worked in a movie theater my junior and senior year of high school, and uh, and and I must have seen Porky's literally like two times a day, you know, three days oh. a week for like six months because back then movies actually stayed in a theater for like a long time. And uh, yeah. and so like well, I was a movies actually played in theaters for starters. Right, they actually right. played in theaters. <laughs> yes. Correct. And so like when I read that, I thought, oh my god, this guy is going to be so freaking like cool. And then you team up with Tim Sullivan, who has to be like one of the coolest fucks in Hollywood. And, uh, and and the whole thing totally like like works because it's fun, and you guys are having a good time. And that's what I got when I was watching the movie. Um, you know that you're really having a good time, and, and I have to tell you, Tim, because like you know, you always have little cameos in all your movies and in uh, the Care Bear. I was a teenage ca- what was it? Were Bear, Were Bear, you know, in the Were Bear, <laughs> not Care Bear, Care Bear, Were Bear. In the uh, in the you know, in the Were Bear thing, you you had a really Were good Bear. role in the Were Bear thing. And uh, okay, Drew's cracking up laughing. I was a teenage Were Bear. Yeah, in the Were Bear. You know what I mean? Thinking with a movie writer. Okay, wait a sec. You know. You know why I messed that up though? Because that I collect stuffed animals, and in Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, that chick's got the perp, the pink bear, and it's a, it's, care, yeah, it's a yeah. Care Bear. <laughs> it is a Care Bear. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's a Care Bear. Which, by the way, if anybody has that, I would take that. <laughs> oh, I, you know, maybe I do. I don't know. I, I freaking no like that. I love that shit. Anyway, so that's what made me think of Care Bear. Because even when I was watching it last night with my husband, I was like, okay, that's a Care Bear, and that's like so cool. They used a, a yeah, Care Bear in it, and uh, so that's how Care Bear. Came came out of Were Bear, but you, uh, going back to my point, <laughs> you know, you always have cameos, and in, in Were Bear, you know, you had a really good one, but this dude, like, you're like the star, and like, you're actually a really good actor, dude, like, those little voices you were making, the voice you used throughout the whole thing and shit, that was pretty fucking creepy, dude. I, absolutely, I love it, and can I say, too, it was actually, that actually is all Tim, when we wrote it, um, at first, there was no dialogue for, for, for Sister Mary Chopper. And then eventually we just, we just knew there was going to be some type of little prayers going on. So we just wrote down, literally in the script was Sister Mary Chopper says a creepy prayer. And that was really it. And then Tim's when he came up with all the things that he said right before he killed everyone, which was, I loved it. I loved all of it that he came up with pretty much. It was great, and it was creepy. It was creepy. I mean, first of all, getting back, so, so Reggie, you know, and, and, and this is the bottom line. I, you know, Yes, of course, we all do things we want to get paid, but honestly, I do things because I want to do them. I want to have fun. And when J- Reggie called me up, and the, the, I, I always wanted to play, you know, a monster in a movie. I mean, I, you know, I, I really always wanted to be an actor. I was in all the high school plays, but I had a lot of insecurity, and, you know, I thought I'd get behind the camera. And then I did Screen Queen, and, and, and that kind of, you know, I, I got, I felt more secure. But... But it was like, yeah, do I want to go to Big Bear for a couple of, you know, for a week with Reggie Bannister and Ron Jeremy and, and, and a bunch of cute kids and make this cool movie? And I said, yeah, just let me read the script. And Vito was so cool. You dropped it off. I remember because I hate reading stuff on the Internet. I like to read a physical script. And you were so cool. You dropped it. And I fell in love with it. And I, and I, I was so impressed. I, I, I right away... I, I love Vito's sense of humor. I loved his irreverence. Like Vito, I think we're both recovering Catholics. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I got all that. But the thing was, um, it was so fucking funny. And it, it, it was, 
And I just was reading this. I said, Jesus, if this movie came out like in 1978, 79, 80, 81, it would have played theaters. It would have been you know, advertised everywhere. It would have been a big hit. I said, they really don't make movies like this anymore. And, um, and, and I just, and, but more importantly, you know, I worked at New Line Cinema in development for years. The biggest thing everybody was trying to do for the last like 20 years is find a new Freddy, find a new Freddy. And arguably, you know, Saw, Jigsaw is it. But Sister Mary Chopper was the most perverted, unique, cool thing that had come across my desk forever. I mean, the, 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 the idea of this nun wearing this, this, this bulky, that's why they wanted me. I guess Kane Hodder said, no, they need some big bulky guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and and then the idea of the mat with the devil mask and the crucifix knife and all this stuff. I just thought this is really cool. Then I spoke to Vito. I was just like, dude, I am fucking in. And when I got there, I was I didn't know what the devil mask was. And you know, we've all seen devil masks before, but Vito, I swear, I, I'm staring at it right now. It's in my it's on the wall. That is the coolest devil mask I've ever seen in my life. I agree. Can you make that again. Oh, and my uh, real good friend of mine named Al Cortez made that. He, all, I mean, he just uh, basically, I mean, we, you know, with a little bit of, uh, you know, direction of what to, to make, he just went out and made it very quickly, and it, I loved it too. I, I, it was he did a great job with it. I commented like five times when I was watching the movie, like how much I liked the mask with the little horns coming out. Like it was like awesome. And, and, <laughs> and all our and peeps then, in the chat room, like we had a great crew. And we had, you know, they, they put on the falsies and they, they both, you know, they put on the, the, the whole, and, and, you know, Vito was like, Tim, your arms are hairy, you got to shave them. So I like shave the hair off my arms and knuckles, put on the nail polish. They put makeup underneath. And I swear to God, when I put that outfit on, something changed, something clicked. Um, I've right. talked to Robert England about this. I've talked to the guys in Kiss about this, but there is something about when you're, when you're under a mask or you're in makeup, there's a freedom because it's not really you. And to dig deep down, and I swear, we just kind of ad-libbed and we came up with stuff, and I just, it, it just, I channeled it. It was so bizarre. The voice, uh, the, the, you know, Vito was into the, the Ariel Argento and Suspiri. There's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love the voice, too. And said, and and and, and be freedom, but but I have to say, whatever I brought to it, it was completely riffing off this incredible character that Vito Shelby Tyre the Colette created, and the incredible mask, and just the patient, and um, and it was so funny because we had the mask, and I would do the voice, but then after each take, we'd have to do another take mask off and they would just do the, 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 the dial the, the sound because the mask muffled my voice I couldn't look at people and do that voice I literally every take right now, I had to turn my back to you and do it over because I just couldn't do that without it looking at everything yeah. I think yeah, it's like right. cool like I, I, I thought I thought the mask thing was really cool I like the scene where you're like rocking the baby doll and playing with its head 
Like, <laughs> like I really like that a lot. And uh, and then I want to say and, and too. And Vito said to me, you know, "That was cool because I did that. That was a dead lib." And then when um, later I, I killed the girl in the bed, Vito was like, "Do the same thing that you did to the doll to the girl." And yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. Oh yeah, I, I love the saw. It's so, it's so creepy. Yes, when, uh, that's actually like my favorite kill in the movie when you kill Jessica Sonneborn uh, with the <laughs> yeah that was the ATM scene or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I also that's, thought that's too, definitely. Tim. Though, like you were looking like Max Dudley as like the goth dude in the store. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, look at Tim. He's like looking totally hot, dude. Like the older you get, like you're becoming like a Hollywood like leading man looking. Like you were like a oh, goth god. leading man. I was <laughs> I like was so self conscious because you know um, we felt that there should be you know it shouldn't just be a stranger that like that we should have seen Sister Mary. We, you know, on the set and we all came up with a band. That's what I love. Vito was so fucking cool to work with. We. We came up on the set with a backstory, and that you know I was an altar boy who wanted to be a priest, and and, and Gigi did this terrific, uh, you know, uh, the Mother Superior, and she was awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I just saw House on the End of the Street, and they kind of ripped our whole thing off. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, a little a, a kid who you know sister died, and his mother makes him dress up as a little girl because she can't get oh. over the fact that the sister died. So he's a little boy, and she makes him wear his sister's dresses and calls him by his name, so then she kind of he grows up to be like a Norman Bates type. And I was like, damn, that's in the oh, air, yeah. you know? Wow. But yeah, um, it, it, it's very interesting. And, and uh, But the thing is, and then I saw, and I have to just say, I mean, I am so proud of Vito because you know, this movie was made in five days, dude. And, you know, <laughs> the money would probably pay for, you know, Michael Bay's limo to the set. And what you pulled off, Vito, and, you know, and I know you were under the gun a lot, and, and at the last minute, things were changed on you, locations were ch- changed, weather changed, and, and you pulled this out. And I have to say, seeing it, uh, you know, no, we're not, this isn't The Exorcist. It never was intended to be. It's not Rosemary's right. Baby. Right. But, this movie, I've seen it with audiences, especially a six-pack, a pizza. You know, at this, when I was 15 seeing this, I would have watched this movie over and over. And, 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 and the thing that's, it's just, you don't see these movies anymore. And I'm so proud of you, though, for bringing it back. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I, it, was, it, was, it, was a fun, it was really fun. It was hard. It was really hard to do. Like you said, with everything you've seen, the weather, it snowed. It was May in California, and it snowed. On the very last day being there. I mean, everything happened, but no, everyone was so cool. Everything just worked out, you know? I mean, we had a small crew too. We didn't have many guys moving stuff around, but everyone just like worked really hard and we were able just to get every, everything done. So, you know, it was, it was one of the few times that was really like the biggest group effort like I, I was ever a part of where everyone just like really stepped up where they didn't have to. So it was great. The whole experience of it all was real good. And we should mention, too, that this is your directorial debut, and um, I saw it last night also, and one of the things that so impressed me was um, the pacing, because I, I, I always see like a lot of first-time directors, and they really can't keep the pacing up. But, like You starting out, I thought like the writing was ingenious to start out with like a bunch of kills right off the bat, which I thought was like really ingenious. Um, but then in your editing and everything, you kept the pacing throughout. And I thought too, like all the shots, all the cinematography was really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, yeah, the guy, the guy shot great. I mean, uh, asked him. It was the one of the one of the, the DPs, Mike Bates, was his first time ever shooting, and 
he was he, he, he was great. They, they were just they, they did such a good job on that. And uh, I think with with um, the movie, um, we actually added the opening. The opening scene was written a lot later than the first draft because of that. There was nothing happened until like later in the movie, so which that pisses me off you, about serial killer movies because you know, like, okay, we're establishing backstory and and stuff, but right. but that like lame interlude and and. It's always usually plame, like always ticks me yeah. off. And so I thought you like flipped that all on its head and was ingenious. Well, it's oh, like the, first, the, first, the first 20 minutes of the movie are like the last 20 movies, 20 minutes of most, you know. Yes, bloody, exactly. Bloody movies like this, you know. I loved it when yeah, the guy I, was taking a crap and the guy and fucking Sister Mary Chopper came in and killed him. I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I liked it with Father Father Bobby. Uh, not again. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite one. <laughs> Reggie just – and Reggie is so good at comedy. I mean he was ama- – he's amazing. Reggie Bannister, all the kids. Really? You know, I agree. I have to say too, like in casting, I thought the casting was really good and – and uh, I, I don't know the people's names, but the guy who played the heavy set kid with like who went to the store and picks up all the toys and candy and shit. That guy is hilarious. That guy and was. He's also in Wear Bears. He's the chubby kid. Yeah, yeah I thought so. Killed. I thought he was. He was really you, good. I, I shot Wear Bears after I made Wear Bears actually film shot Wear Bears after uh, Vito shot. Well, bloody, so I, I took a lot of the actors from it, like Chris Tavisky, who plays mm-hmm. the Sean Paul Lockhart werebear. He actually plays uh, w- one of the guys in the in the shop who's kind of like doofus. Right, his name? yeah. What's the character? <laughs> Dunk. Yeah, and he just directed a movie called Pain is Beautiful that, that uh, we all helped out on and I actually acted. And one, one thing I really have to say, we were talking about, this was so amazing about Mike, Mike Bates, um, who was one of the cameramen on this. We got there, and Mike Bates was there. This this changed my life actually because Mike Bates was there, and he had a Canon 7D still camera. He was the set photographer, and we realized that we we were kind of under the gun, and that maybe uh, you know we could we could get another camera, and I could split off and do some of the Sister Mary stuff while Vito did some of the stuff with the kids. And it turned out this is one of these new cameras that looks like a still camera, but actually can be used as a film camera. So here's this guy who always dreamed of being a cinematographer, shows up to be the still photographer, and ends up just being the cinematographer of Second Unit. He was so good, he went on to shoot Second Unit on Werebears, he shot our Stephen King short, and he shot the Chillerama music video. And I used him a couple of times myself, too, after. That's awesome. Yeah, so this was a real. This was one of those experiences. It, it reminded me of being back on the set of Deadly Spawn in like 1980, where everybody just chips in and contributes and has fun. That's when it is fun, though, and like, there's no reason why it couldn't be that way, especially with a like low budget movie. That's so much. I mean, this movie is fun, and I think everybody should go and see it. And, and it's set in the eighties, which I thought was brilliant. yeah. I thought it was cool too, and and I love the names. Okay, besides Sister Mary Chopper, to have Reggie Bannister's name, Father Dick Cummings, and it's Dick D I C K Cummings C U M M I N G S. I mean, that is some hilarious ass shit. <laughs> you know, like that's just like fun shit. That I know, I, I know that may like offend some people, but like fuck them. Like that shit's fucking hey, hilarious. I think it's great. The other thing, too, that I I just, uh, you know, I have to really applaud Vito is this, not only was the film made, you know, uh, you know, 
in the trenches. But the distribution, I mean, things have changed so much. It's insane. But, like, a movie like this in, the, in 1980 would have been gotten a big theatrical release. Ten years ago, it would have got it would have gotten a big video release, a big. Now it's just like unless you're on the scale of the Avengers, forget about it. And you know, we had the experience with Chillerama where it was like, you know, they put it out. And we don't see anything. So so Vito has been self distributing it, and it's been an experiment, and he's been doing such a good job, and I'm so proud. I'm so proud of him. Hold on, the UPS man is here. You talk, Vito. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're you're um, coming out on DVD soon, right? Is your DVD release? Yes, we're coming out on uh, DVD August 9th. And the self distribution thing is it's really like a group effort with uh, the other guys. Like I said, Chris Maltar and Shelby McIntyre. It was something that um, we talked about for a long time on how how we wanted to put this out. So uh, it was just something we agreed we agreed upon pretty much from the beginning. It was something we wanted to do. So, yeah, it's coming out on DVD. Hopefully in the future we'll have a Blu-ray, but uh, right now we're just going to go to DVD because I'm, I'm not a big fan of high def at all, and I just think it looks better as it does. So right now we're just going to put it out on uh, on DVD. We should tell I, you that it's October also... 9th, too, that it's going to come out, right? That's oh, what excuse I wrote me? Down. I wrote down October 9th that it comes yes, out. Yes, October 9th will be the DVD, and we're actually having our L.A. premiere um, here at L.A. Horror Fest. We're going to have that on midnight, October 26th. Awesome. Sister Mary awesome. Chopper will be there. He, Ooh. she will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw that you're coming out on like a special edition VHS, which I thought rocked. Yes, we're having, um, uh, we have uh, friends at Cult Movie Mania who uh, they're, they're doing a, a combo DVD VHS pack. So, yeah, I want to see the VHS actually. I'm pretty excited about that. What a good marketing <laughs> idea that is, though. I think that's like genius. Me too. Like it's it's very interesting because this is an experiment. I was very, you know, I was very impressed with the success of of this with Vito, and I actually just put out a a, a standalone special edition of Teenage Werebear with a full length version with you know eight extra minutes and all the the extras that weren't on the DVD and Blu-ray and a a remixed, recolored the, the way I wanted it to be, and it's just been. Amazing. I mean, you know, there's a niche audience out there, and they want stuff like Bloody Bloody Bible Camp and a VHS copy of it and Wear Bears. And, and, you know, if they can get it from the filmmakers, they're happy to. And and they get it signed, and it's it's been a very, you know, the wall is completely broken down between filmmaker and audience now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, freaking awesome. And I'm going to, like, do a, a little plugs of my own real quick. With you guys on the phone since you're making all these movies. Um, I, the Jimmy Star Show is actually sponsored by Spectra Records, and we have a new division called Monarchy that I'm the head of, and we do oh, cool. soundtrack distribution. So if you have, uh, and I mean like physical and digital worldwide distribution, uh, Spectra Records is the largest indie record label in the U.S. Oh, cool. And uh, we have like Lou Graham and and Joe Bouchard from Blue Oyster Call, all kinds of people. And the Monarchy Division is hip-hop and R&B, which I'm heading up. And uh, so, like, when you're doing movies, because, like, I'm doing two soundtracks right now, uh, if you uh, need music and you want to get it distributed and in stores and stuff so you don't have those problems like you have with eBay, uh, we'll rock and roll that shit, dude. (laughs) We actually talked about a bloody bloody, doing putting something out for bloody bloody because there's a lot of music in there, so... Yeah, so I just thought I would like throw that in there. And also another thing real quick since I've got uh, uh, you guys both on the phone. Uh, check Google My Name is Brutal, Tim, 
My Name is a Brutal is a film I associate produced starring Michael Baldwin from the Phantasm uh, oh, movies. Oh, cool. And uh, it's... An- it, another Phantasm alumni. Another yeah. Phantasm <laughs> alumni. He's really good in it. And uh, it, it won Best Film at a Crypticon Horror Confess Film Festival, and it's gotten like like bloody disgusting.com and everybody gave it like seven stars. It's doing really cool and, and we're in the midst of working out some distribution shit also and uh, to see if we can work anything out which like oh, that shit doesn't really work. I like your idea of self-doing it. And, uh, yeah, we, it's been working out great. That I, I, yeah, great. There's guys who make really great movies. Yeah, so like there's this one's... make great movies and they don't make a lot of money off of it. So, right. I mean, that's what you got to think about. This is a good one, well, we're so hoping you to should do check a, it out. A second bloody bloody, so you never know. Maybe we can work with you on that. There you go. Actually, if you're making <laughs> a second bloody bloody, I want to be like, I want to be like Sister Mary Chopper's fucking like niece or something who like in- <laughs> inherits the fucking crown. <laughs> um, so again, we want everybody. Well, I think every- Sister Mary. Oh, I got. I think. I think. You know, I was just this just came to me, Vito. But Sister Mary Chopper should be searching for her twelve apostles. There you go. Yeah, I'm like 12 little altar boys. I want to get killed yeah, in a freaking movie. 12-year-old altar boy. Actually, I wanted to say, too, the altar boy that plays the young Tim Sullivan, like, really looks like you. Like, that was a good choice for the young altar boy. It, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, he just, he was there, Peter Wafer, he's Irish, and he was there to help out, you know, he was visiting, and he came to help out on the set, and it was, I mean, we were really putting things together as we go, we are like, who can we get to play, me as a young person, and Peter was there, like, it worked, oh, your it totally black worked, and your Irish accent, but you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to tell everybody, because we've only got like a minute and a half to go, for, for, for more information, they can go to bloodybloodybiblecamp.com. And you, yeah. you guys need to work on your Twitter, and we should follow you on Twitter at Bloody Bible Camp. Um, the collector's right. edition DVD is coming out October 9th. Right now, if people want to get it on demand or download it, they can go to like iTunes and and all the different downloadable iTunes, sites. iTunes, Voodoo, all that stuff. Amazon, it's all on there now. They can pre-order the DVD right now on Amazon. Okay, so everybody should go and pre-order the DVD. Um, is it also being sold off of your website? Uh, no, right now we're just going to be on Amazon. We're going to have some in-store places. We're not 100% sure on uh, all of them yet, but we are getting some in-store uh, sales right now. Uh, but, yeah, it's just going to be Amazon and then whatever stores carry it. Okay. Okay, cool. And everybody needs to see it. It's campy. It's fun. It's Tim Sullivan in drag. Ron I mean, Jeremy is Ron Jesus. Jeremy plays Jesus Christ, which is like the, the like the most genius thing ever. We want to thank you guys for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. We wish you all the luck with it, and anytime you need anything uh, or you want to promote anything, we love to have you on. We think Tim is like totally rocking, and now that we know you, Vito, we think you are too. So we want to thank well, you for thank coming you, on the show. Thank you, and, uh, and thanks, Vito, for letting me play this character. There you go, Vito. Uh, thanks, pleasure Vito. Pleasure was mine, Tim. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> and good luck with the October, uh, the L.A. screening, and good luck with uh, sales on October 9th. We hope the thing totally like takes off and kicks ass because we really, really enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, everybody, and good luck with all your stuff, guys. My name is Brutal and Inspector Records and all that good stuff. Thanks so much, dude. You guys have a good one. Peace out. Have a great awesome. weekend. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So we want to thank everybody in the chat room for joining us. So we're going to wait. Everybody, we'll have another great show next week. And peace out, everybody. Have a great weekend. Woo! I'm like, what are you talking about, love? I ain't got no gums. Gums, gums. I need some nice gums. So I can go back to this party and pull all the chicks and the geezers. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So he said.